Welcome to Welcome Heart, Living a Legacy Life podcast. My name is Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of welcomeheart.com. What better legacy than to open our hearts to God and open our lives and homes to others? Jesus said, love me, love your neighbor. Sounds like a legacy life to me. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. I'm so happy to introduce you to my new friend, Tiffany Jo Baker. She is a podcaster and a writer, a a great new book that has been out about a year and a half, and she will be giving away a copy to my listeners. So we'll talk more about that in a little bit. So Tiffany, you're a podcaster, but you're also a coach. And if anybody would look at your website, they would call you an energizer bunny with a beautiful smile. And and I think it's great because I'm kind of energetic myself, and I could be your mom maybe, but... um, I am thrilled that I get to offer who you are to my audience today. So if you would uh, please begin just telling us a little bit about yourself, your family, your ministry, and then we'll get into the legacy questions. So Tiffany, welcome today. Thank you, Sue. Oh, I think you're doing a much better job introducing me than I could do of myself. But uh, my name is Tiffany Jo Baker. I have been married to an extreme outdoorsman for 21 years. He's my polar opposite. Uh We have two teenage girls that keep us laughing and on our knees. They're 16 and 18 years old. Mm -hmm. And um, we've got two fur babies who I love. Sometimes I just want to be a stay-at-home dog mom. Um, And then um, we also have been blessed to be a part of being um, a sur- I've been a surrogate mom and birthed oh. five children for other families. Wow. So you could say we have a lot of estrogen in our home. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a lot of hormones throughout the years between fertility treatments and teenage girls and girl dogs and all the things. But mm. um, yes, I just, I love to help people um, just uplift their soul and success mm. online at home and um, in a really real world that we're dealing with. Uh, Tiffany, the most important thing, what kind of dogs do you have? Because I miss that. (laughs) Thank you for asking. I have two puggles. So I say they are 50% pug, 50% beagle, and 100% mess. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So you chose them on purpose. I love them so much. Yes. Oh, so, so I thought I didn't love my dog till um, she got away because she's a bolter. Oh. And then I kind of cried. And then we found her. Someone turned her into the um, pound. Praise the Lord. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I thought, oh, I guess I do love her because I'm crying. Yes. Even though she's annoying. Um, and I have to lock, lock her out of the Zoom room when we're talking. Yes. <laughs> she gets so excited. Same. Yes. So why did you, I mean, this is so fascinating. Can I ask some personal questions? Please, sure. So did you struggle with infertility first and then you had your babies and then you, since you felt the pain, mm. you offered to strangers or to friends your womb? Oh, great question. No, I actually had a God moment. Um, I was blessed to be able to get pregnant within the first month of trying with both of our girls. Mm -hmm. And I remember coming into, we were youth pastors at the time. I was also the preschool director. Mm -hmm. I came in to share with my fellow teachers that I had got a positive pregnancy test that morning with, okay. and it was our second daughter. And when I was looking around that circle, I caught the eyes of one of my friends who was childless at the time and a little bit older. And in that moment, I saw the flash of joy and pain flash across her face all at the mm. same time when I mm. shared that we are pregnant. Mm. And in that moment, God spoke to my heart, two things. One, I've given you a gift 
And two, she's dealing with infertility. Mm-hmm. And she had never said anything. And so in that moment that God planted that seed of the gift of pregnancy, which I had never even considered in my wildest dreams before, that mm-hmm. it would be a gift that I could use to glorify him. Well, I think it's a very unusual gift. I mean, um, it's a gift. I always thought I'm I'm shocked I'm a mother. I'm shocked I even got married because I was 35. And then when I got pregnant, but to think of it as a gift, uh, that you can give someone else. I mean, I have this prayer I recently put on my uh, tape to my computer. It says, Lord, may I have the a generosity mindset giving away all you've given me, which kind of mm. makes me tear up. Mm. But we all have gifts from God. We know that in scripture. Um, I think part of coaching, and I don't coach, but I encourage, is to help women and men realize uh, that they've been gifted by God for something and for someone else to share. So anything we receive is an overflow on somebody else is the way we need to live. But really to be a surrogate mom, that is, I would consider a very unique gift because your body goes through all sorts of things when you're pregnant, right? And you did this five times. I did this three times, but carried two sets of twins. On purpose. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You knew the twins were coming or they just. Well, they implanted two embryos. Ah. So there's always the choice of them, chance of them both sticking. There's also the choice of them multiplying. Oh, gosh. Right. (laughs) Talk about. like at that time, they're like, Octomom. I'm like, no, not Octomom. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. And this was after you had your two, obviously. Yes. Right. And did you do it for that particular friend? I actually went through a Christian surrogacy agency that was here in the area Hmm. and um, they go through a matching process. It's almost like a dating matching process. It's very lengthy, very, um, you know, the, the application alone is, is like 25 pages. Um, But, but it really is about you finding somebody you want to work with and them finding. So it's a give and take. It's a, both of us have the option of saying yes or no um, and kind of go through that. So for me being a surrogate, um, was just as important, it probably more important on who we did it for than if I did it. And I very, why is, important. Why is that? Because, um, I felt like it was a God thing <clears throat> and that I was not just the carrier, but the way God uses me is I'm joining along with women to do what God has called and created them to do. So for something like this, I wanted to make sure that our core values were aligned, that this was a process that we would be walking through together. So uh, it's very important that, especially going through life and death circumstances, literally, I mean, one of the things that they had to do is as a part of that contract was get me life insurance because people do die, right? Giving birth. Of course, of course. And so- Wow, um, I hadn't thought of that. Yes, so it's very important that, that I was- joined with the people that I was supposed to be joined with on this journey, because it was just as much for me to encourage the couple as it was to birth their babies. I love that because of that um, heart alignment. Um, I was thinking also one of the babies could die as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, that happens even a whole yeah. like nine, nine month term and then they're still born. Yes. So that would be something else for you to, Yes, I mean, even though it would not be your baby, it would be mm-hmm. part of your body. Mm-hmm. And a question I had all along, cause I first heard you uh, share your story on someone else's podcast and, and I thought, 
uh, I wonder how much your husband had to do with this. Like, did your husband go, oh yeah, do what you want. Or was he, did he have to be convinced or did he go, it's, you know, it's your deal. It's your body. Or he probably had to go to all those uh, interviews as well. He did. So I call him the MVP of the whole experience because number one, me on hormones, right? I don't know how many (laughs) thousands of hormone shots I had to give myself over all of those fertility treatments and and cycles and seasons. Um, But I'm an idea person. So I've learned how to present my ideas to my husband. He is the strong rock, stable saint of the family. (laughs) And I came to him when God initially put that seed in my heart and just said to him, I mean, I didn't even know what the word surrogacy was back then when the Mm -hmm. seed was planted. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just came to him and said, what would you think about me carrying babies for people who aren't able to? Wow. And he, he, he doesn't ride the roller coaster, right? He's just so even keel. And he just, just thought, yeah, isn't that, that's why God pairs us like that. And he just sat back and he said, well, what, what would that, what does that mean? What does that look like? And I was like, well, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. Mm-hmm. And so that began our fact finding researching phase. And once we realized, yes, it was something we wanted to do. Um, the timing was the most next most important thing. And so once we realized our girls were in preschool, we were, we were done having kids for ourselves, that the timing was right. And mm-hmm. so that's when we actually took the steps to find um, an agency that we wanted to work with. Wow. Wow. I just loved your story because maybe there's someone listening today who it was easy for them to uh, give, even give birth mm-hmm. and, um, and would be willing to use their body for the sake of someone else's great joy, because yeah. uh, we don't realize how much we miss out until we have our children. And then, um, and then we go, wow, to think that someone would be really wanting to have one and, was, and wasn't yeah. able to, you know? Yes. And so they did something else. God has designed them for something else, perhaps. But maybe they met someone who is as generous as mm-hmm. you. And I just think that's so fabulous. Now, if you spend any time on uh, Tiffany Baker's website, you'll find that she uses the word birth all over the place. So you use, did you start using that as a coach because of your surrogacy? Or mm-hmm. I'm just kind of curious. So what's your dream or vision for helping people? Yes, my dream and vision is to help them birth their God-given dreams. So initially the way God did that, right, was through me being a surrogate. And the the last time I delivered a baby was back in 2017. And when I was done with that, I kind of had some baby postpartum blues. Of course. And I was like, and I didn't know if it was because I thought I was done being a surrogate or or what, but I was got to this place where I was like, okay, God, now what am I done? Like after you birth people's babies, what's next? Mm. And God was so good to share with me the thread throughout my story on how he uses me. And that is as a dream carrier, a dream wow. carrier to come alongside women and help them, whether that's birthing their book, their business, their ministry, or their, even their babies mm. come alongside as the, as that right hand. And as the coach, the confident, sometimes even the carrier mm-hmm. literally to help mm. them do what God has called and created them to do. And, you know, we all have that piece. We're talking legacy. We all have that piece on how God uses us in the kingdom of God. And the other thing God shared with me is some people were made to be hands. Some people were made to be feet, but in the kingdom, the Lord made me to be a womb Hmm. and in the kingdom of God. And that plays out in different ways now, Hmm. different ways when I was younger and Hmm. different ways, even as as a surrogate. 
Do you see looking back now, you're, um, I'm not going to ask how old you are, but looking back, let's say even in elementary school or high school or college, do you see how God prepared you even then to be a dream carrier for other people? I do. I also see how that dream um, was also attacked at a very young age, the, the giftings, you know, when we do come in the world with giftings, right. um, those can also be attacked. And so I, I do see that. I, I just thought I would be a mom, you know, but I also thought I would be at one point, a first female president, the CEO, <laughs> you know, all the yeah. things back when they had the hug a bunch dolls. Yeah. I wanted the leader. You know, I had to have the leader doll, the hug a bunch leader doll. So, um, so, you know, you see those glimpses of how God uses you, but even more than, uh, you know, I'd actually prefer not to be the leader now. Um, I love to just come alongside the leaders Mm -hmm. and be that support, you know, with Moses, the Aaron and her that raises people's hands up and helps them do what they've been called to do. Well, that, that begs another question, because do you think our, what we're designed to be can go through seasons of change? I do. I do. I absolutely think there's seasons of change because there's even seasons of preparation. Mm. There's seasons of when you look back over your life, because, um, the longer you live, you realize like I, how I said, the Lord shared with me how the thread that he used throughout my life, but I can see that thread throughout where there is seasons of preparation. There were seasons of different experiences that allowed me to do what I have done because Hmm. now I understand my, my sister went through infertility for a shorter period of time. My friends went through infertility. Um, I've been a speaker. I've had that dream of writing, like all these things I've worked in multi-million dollar organizations down to starter solopreneurs. So all these experiences that work together and the Lord just connects the dots throughout our life in order for us to for him to do his, his thing that he does. And that's mm. to just create a masterpiece and walk it out each day. I'd like to go back to what you said earlier. You mentioned that your um, dream, I, I'm not sure if you said th- it this way, your dream was under attack. I think, mm-hmm. I'm sure that was part of your preparation because there are people who I talk to all the time who say, well, I'm not sure. And there's, there's so many self-doubts and mm-hmm. should I even do this? Or I go through that myself. So I think it's good uh, as leaders in ministry that we go through those things so that we know how to get out of them with God's help. So can you give a specific example where you felt that uh, some self-doubt yourself or your dream was under attack and then how did you manage it? Yeah. Uh, well, I think even, Oh gosh, I'm like, which, which one do I give? Which one? <laughs> which one do I give? A short one. A short one. Well, I would just say that one of the main ways is, is like you said, was doubt. I think that the message that I, I heard as a young child, not from, from those close to me, but from those outer, um, I was a blonde. Mm. I was dumb. Mm. You know, who are you to do this? And coming from a Christian background, my family, you know, we're in ministry. And, and so I would hear the message of we are called to be different. We're called to be peculiar people, right? As the word says in some, in some translations. And I'm like, yeah. I as a teenager, I didn't want to be peculiar. No, of course not. I did not. I, that's the last thing I wanted to do was be different. Cause I already felt that different, but I mm-hmm. didn't know what that was. I didn't know that's the God piece. Mm-hmm. That's the good God piece. God, God calls us, we're each different. We're uniquely, fearfully, wonderfully made. But 
but that was under attack because I didn't want to be that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to stay small. I didn't want to stand out. And, and so I got into some really unhealthy relationships in order to be like everybody else. Oh yeah. And, um, and that, that has, you know, there's been consequences throughout my life because of that. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, I've understood God's grace and his mercy and his forgiveness and the way he's made me mm-hmm. uniquely with the gifts that he's put in me since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what you just described, described all of us in junior high and high school. Yeah. <laughs> where we're yes. Like we either do something just to make sure we fit in or yeah. we go the opposite way and say, well, we don't care. But deep down, we know that we yes. do. Yes. Yeah. 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 I remember feeling just so utterly badly unique because I was a redhead. Mm. Isn't that funny? And then now people spend a lot of money to be. Yes, they do. <laughs> oh, well. Well, I always like to tell people, well, God gave me this at least uh, only once a year to Sally give it to me. But most of the time, God gave it to me. So uh, back to real things here. Uh, what legacy do you want to pass down to those you know and love? The legacy that I want to pass down is for them to use their God-given gifts to bring him glory. Mm-hmm. No matter how unexpected those gifts are, how out of the box those gifts might be, or how small they might seem to be, they're all significant. And I just mm-hmm. want them to use what God's given them. What's your best technique to help someone decide what they are? Oh, that's a great question. I think my best technique is to really to go back through and find the thread. Hmm. find those threads, the way that those places that bring them energy, mm-hmm. that places if they were to write out the timeline on those significant moments, because you can see what brought them energy and you can also see what was attacked on whether it was a positive or negative thing on their timeline, on their, their life. So I think that finding those threads are, is just a powerful thing. Mm, okay. And why, uh, why does that give you joy? to help somebody else find their dream. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, we're all called to be life givers. Mm. And, you know, John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy, but Jesus has come that we might have life and life more abundantly. And as his kids, as his representatives, we're called to help people walk out that abundant life. And so that brings me the most amount of joy when people step out in faith and take those faith leaps and they do it. I'm like their biggest cheerleader, their go girl, high fiver, you know, but I'm also that person that tears and cheers with them because Mm. we're in a very real world when we take these big leaps. And so just to have somebody who comes along and says, I'm with you, girl, through the ups and through the downs, I believe in you. God believes in you. You can do it. You know, the word says Proverbs 18, 21, power of life and death are in our tongue. And I think being a life giver, one of the best ways that all of us could be life givers is through what we speak and say hmm. into situations and into the hearts of our loved ones. And often what we don't say, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's called self-control. So when <laughs> I, um, uh, so how are you currently carrying out this beautiful legacy? Well, I am prayerfully considering being a surrogate again. Wow. How old yes. are you? No, 43. Oh yeah. Oh. I'm okay. 43. And it says I- it's not my eggs. You can give birth as long as you can give birth, right? I've had a friend who uh, retired at 50 something as a Mm. surrogate. So I'm perfectly Mm. considering I was working with a family and um, found out in the last month or so that they um, were unable to get 
eggs and embryos. And so their journey is done. And so I'm just kind of in that place on prayerfully considering it. Hmm. But on the other side of, of, of what I do is also as a coach and strategizer, um, I help people walk out their why online through book hmm. launches, social media, and coaching them through even the overwhelm of what their gift is. And how do people find out that you're there for them as professionally? Let's say, are you like in lots of Facebook groups? And uh, I, I am in a few and I could say, hey, you need help with your launch. Go over to Tiffany Joe. Is that kind of, is that how you get your business? Yeah, your just mm-hmm. I, through social media, through speaking. I love speaking in real life online. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in some writer groups, some leadership groups, entrepreneurship groups, and then just even at my website, TiffanyJoeBaker.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, w- I wanted to add that my last baby, I was 43, almost 44. I love it. <laughs> and she just got her... MFT from USC. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so even though I was a little nervous for all three of them, I really mm-hmm. didn't have a choice mm-hmm. uh, as to how old I was. And so I had the first baby at 36, the second one at 39. And the third one was a surprise treat to both of us because we were, well, Mark was done and I guess God wasn't. So <laughs> I do have to tell you a funny story. Um, yes. he, he was done and I wasn't. So I cry about it every six months and then they go, oh, I guess I only have to have two kids because that's, you know, pretty easy. My mother had five. His mother had five back in the day. You know, that was pretty normal. And um, and then and then I was kind of feeling sick and I was out of town and I called him and I said, well, I'm not pregnant. The end of the week, though, I was home and I went and got one of those CVS uh, Long's drugstore tests, which I'd never done before. And I walked down to his office down the hall upstairs of this house. And I said, well, I'm pregnant and it's not my fault. <laughs> and he said, cause he's so quiet and kind of like your husband, he just said, well, you better take your vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> he is a doctor too. So it was pretty funny. And of course <laughs> they're the most, most alike those two. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so of course anyways, they are. Praise the Lord. So yeah. go, go for it. I'm cheering you on and a 43 year old body. That's nothing, honey bun. That's so, right. um, so praise God for that. Uh, what changes did you have to make or obstacles? Did you need to overcome to, um, be the person you are today cheering so many people on? I would say two main things. Number one, to be open. Um, when God put that seed in my heart from the beginning to be like, as from the surrogate side, I could have easily shut that down and said, eh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, people die, people go on bed rest, like that's weird, you know, whatever. Yeah. I could have easily not just shut it down. And so number one, I would be to be open. And number two is just, just take the next obedient step. Hmm. I think that's the the most important thing because um, even if, for, if you're a planner or a visionary and you see you're at A, but you see that Z and mm-hmm. sometimes that gap is so, so big. And sometimes it's easier to just not start, but all we need to do is go to B, then to C, then to D, and just take that next right obedience step. Hmm. I think uh, I think God doesn't tell us all those steps in between because He wants us dependent upon Him. I uh-huh. just I thought, what makes me think that I'm going to even know what's going to happen in the next hour, much less uh, step L or M or NOP? Uh, when you say to be open, is that the same as obedience? Is that just a, a euphemism for being obedient to God? And how do you know if you're being obedient or if you're just being crazy? So yeah, well, I think open. I think open <laughs> is first being aware and being, okay. and then it's being open and and even flushing out the idea, and then it's taking the. Ne- the obedience step and actually doing something with it because a lot of people have ideas. 
lot of people think they should do something or want to do something or have a desire to do something, but not as many actually go and do it. Mm. Well, I am an out loud um, processor as an extrovert, and I think you may be as well. Uh, But for those who are listening today who are not extroverts or don't process out loud, what would be the best way for them to um, act on a a niggling idea that they think the Holy Spirit is giving them? And it doesn't have to be so large as birthing someone else's child, but it's an idea that's just as worthy because it's God-given. So how would you encourage them to take that next step? Yes, I would, I would say to write it down. Well, everybody knows what works for them, but a lot, but they say in the goal setting world, if you have the goal, if you write it down, and then if you also have, find somebody to be accountable to, Hmm. you're like 96% or something like that crazy, statistically more apt to do it. Hmm. So I would say, come up with the goal, a super small one, write it down, and then be accountable to somebody in a time frame to actually do it. That is so smart. Uh, a, a wonderful woman in our church who's like everybody's mentor was at my house for coffee the other day. And she said, Sue, um, I tell, I like to tell young moms, now I'm an old mom, so, but it still helps. She said, I would tell them if you could just finish one thing <laughs> during your busy life during one day, you could check it off. And I go, oh yeah, I've coached as well, where I've said, if you could just write down three things for the day, mm-hmm. and then at the end, you can say, yay for me, I did three. Yeah. And then I shared that with Jillian Woods, another podcaster, and I think you know her. And mm-hmm. um, and so we've been uh, texting back and forth a couple times a week and said, these are my three things. And it may have just been, you know, getting through a dentist appointment mm-hmm. or um, planning your meal, mm-hmm. but then you did one thing on your podcast or one thing where you, you know, I encouraged my neighbor by taking the banana of bread Mm. or I didn't eat that second piece of pie whatever it was to say those three things and for Mm -hmm. you to say that to write it down and then my point was to get accountable so my accountability is Jillian and say hey I haven't written her in three days I wonder how her three things a day are going so what an encouragement is there any other wisdom that you would like to leave with our audience I would like to leave the thought of taking inventory on what you have. What do you mean? I think so many of us want to do things, but we see what we don't have and what holds us back. So true. That makes me feel better. Yes. So instead, when we take inventory on what we have, what God has given, what is in our bowl, what is in our hands, what is in our home, and what we start there with using what we have, Mm. that's when God multiplies it. That's the parable of the talents, right? Mm -hmm. And Matthew, where they had, some had five, two, and one talents. And it wasn't about what they had. It wasn't about this person who had these amazing gifts versus this person who had this other gift. Yeah. It was taking what you had and using it and multiplying it. And that's what God blessed. And that was mm. what God was proud of. So take inventory of what you have and use what you have. Like I said at the beginning, your God-given gifts might be unexpected. They might be outside the box or they might even be small. Mm. But when we use them, God, that's when God multiplies them. Mm. You think God is only interested in big dreams and no. multiplying in big ways. Okay. Why do you say that? No, absolutely not. I think that takes me back right to the parable of the talents. Mm. I said, when we have, you know, it was 
when you look at what you don't have, oh, I don't have five talents. I just had that one. So Mm -hmm. that one person hit it. But that person with two multiplied it two times two. He all all of a sudden or she had four Mm -hmm. multiplied again, four times four, 16. So it's just about using what you have where you are. Some are hands, some are feet, some are hairs, some are noses. We're all a different position body part in the kingdom Mm -hmm. of God, but it takes all of us working together. Not one thing is insignificant. It's all of us working together. I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned being a surrogate is none of us have all that we need to do all that we need to do in the kingdom. It takes each one of us. And so each one of us using that, that small gift, that big gift, whatever it might be using it, it all works together. Say that one more time. None of us have have all that we need Mm -hmm. to do all that we've been called and created to do. That we will put on a quote card for you, my dear. (laughs) Created to do. Oh, it's so encouraging. I, um, I remember once I, I took a motivational interview, which is similar to what you were saying, what gives you joy years ago. And I was startled. And he said, you like to share whatever the new thing is that you've learned. And I go, well, that's so true. Even if it's just uh, where I can buy bananas on sale. And so I think God is, that makes God so loving that he cares about the details of us being a nose or a a piece Mm -hmm. of hair or blonde or redhead. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. What matters is being open, like you said. So Tiffany, what an encouragement you've been to my listeners today and to me. And I praise the Lord for you. Mm -hmm. And thank you so much. Thank you, Sue. It's been an absolute joy. Blessings on you. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.